right. The Word of God. That's what we need. We need to eat from the Word of God. And that's what we're going to do this morning. Just before we do, as I'm going through this, this uh, experience of trying to think of 1,000 things that I'm thankful for and writing those down in the little book I have, and as many of you are trying to do the same thing, one of the things that I'm, I was surprised by, uh, I guess in the last couple of weeks, is how that is pouring over into how thankful I feel for people, too. I'm thanking people more than I used to. And uh, somebody gave me some great service to help me at a store. And I mean, you know, and I, I paid something for what I bought there, but they went above and beyond. And I, I went back to tell them thank you because I just felt like my heart was overflowing with thankfulness. And, and today there's a couple of things I, I want to thank you guys for, uh, some people here. One of them is I want to thank Brian. And I want to thank these singers who lead us in worship every week. They do a great job. And also the ladies who do the stuff upstairs, the people who do the sound back here, uh, on and on. We have, we have people who pour dozens of hours, dozens of hours each week into getting ready for us to have worship here. And uh, one of, uh, Brian wanted me to mention this to you guys, one of, uh, one, of Brian, one of Brian's responsibilities as our worship leader, which he does a great job of, is he coordinates all this. He coordinates the singers, he coordinates the ladies that do the, the stuff on the wall, he coordinates the, the uh, sound people, and we are in need of a couple of new sound people to learn how to run the soundboard. You don't have to know in advance. Even after we teach you, you still won't really know exactly, okay? Because some of us that are trying to teach don't really know yet. We're trying to learn it too. But anyways, we need willingness. We need people who would say, yeah, I'll, I'll give some time and I'll help with that. We need a couple of people. And then the other group of people, I could say thank you to many, many people, but I want to say thank you to one other group today. And that is, uh, we have seven people who have volunteered for this year, for one year, 2014, to be the leaders of our children's teaching, our children's worship, and uh, our children's ministry. And I would like to ask those seven people to stand, and I'd like for you to thank them. Would you all stand, the leaders? Come on, stand up. Stand up. You guys, please stand up. Thank you very much. Those, those leaders are going to have a meeting today uh, right after worship for just a few minutes. And, uh, and so I just was thinking about them today and how hard they're working and wanted to say thanks. Well, we're in this uh, series, right in the middle of this series called 1,000 Gifts. 1,000 Gifts. And it, and it started by uh, one of my dear friends, Woody Kay, giving me this book uh, probably over a year ago. She just said, you got to read this book. And so I set it on the stack, you know, of books. So a lot of you give me books and say, you got to read this book. I set it on the stack. And then uh, it came around about, it was almost a year after she gave it to me, I, I picked it up and I began to read it. And I, sometimes you just get sucked into a book. And this was one of those for me. And it became a book that really was transforming for me. And that's part of the reason I'm sharing that with you. And we have some of these books in the foyer today. Uh, a few of them, and they cost us 10, 10 bucks. So if you want to leave $10 with Barbara or me or one of the elders or just leave it on the shelf back there, and you're welcome to take one. But that's where this has come from, this idea of us trying to think 1,000 things. Could I actually be thankful for 1,000 things? Not just thankful for everything, which we're commanded to be thankful for everything, and that's good, but it's possible that everything could be that I'm 
thankful for not any one thing. And so this is a discipline. It's been a, uh, it's, it's been a, an experience of trying to, to take the time and, and really be disciplined to write these things down. So these books, we've got some of these books, and there's some on the front row, and some laying down here, and some over there. And if you haven't started, you're still welcome. I don't, I don't know that anybody will get done in the month, month of January. We're just starting in January. And so you could carry this book in your pocket or your purse or your car and just begin to write down, number one, this is what I'm thankful for. And just keep writing day after day. We started a couple of weeks ago by looking at the sin of ungratefulness. A sin of being ungrateful. Noticing that God takes it so serious. He said, if you know a person who their life is marked by being ungrateful, don't even hang around that person. Wow. Pretty shocking. He says that attitude is like poison and it can make our lives sick. People who are ungrateful. Last week we noticed another surprising sin. The sin of complaining. And, and that's not one that we normally list when we think about the commands of God. But he says do everything without complaining. A direct command, a direct sin. And so we're participating in this experience of trying to be thankful. We're doing this hard discipline work of writing down these gifts. Big gifts. Gifts like salvation. That's written in mine. Gifts like love and our family. Gifts like the Word of God and our church. Those are big gifts that God has given us. But all the way down even to the little gifts that we find strewn along the journey of our life. Things like our favorite pair of comfortable shoes or a warm stew on a cold day, the wind on our face or the smile of a coworker on a on a difficult afternoon at work. And these things and everything in between these, we're trying to give thanks for all of them. And some of us are finding this experience is changing our ungrateful hearts. And some of us are finding this experience, God is using it to stop our complaining tongues. Last week, we invited you to send some pictures of what you were thankful for. And you can continue doing that this week. You can send them to this uh, address that's going to be here behind me or this uh, phone number. You can send pictures or you can send, uh, you can send things, words of things you're thankful for. And we're going to use some of those. A lot of you sent pictures and you're going to be seeing those behind me today while I preach. I haven't seen all of the pictures. I just saw a few of them. But uh, I know you're going to be encouraged by these gifts that God has given others in our church family. And you feel free to keep sending those pictures and those words. All of this giving thanks. All of this little notebook and these little, these little canvases. All of this seems like a good idea. It starts out feeling right to do it. And kind of some excitement builds until. Until tragedy comes like the shooting last week in Roswell. And then the fact that I wrote down I was thankful for bananas because I love the way they taste. I don't know. It seems like insignificant or something. It seems like the right thing until sorrow comes, like the death of loved ones that we've all recently experienced here at Gateway. It seems like a great idea until trials come that pull the rug out from underneath our feet. 
So what do we do when those come? The call from the doctor is not good news this time. And that warm stew turns cold in my throat. The one that we love breaks our heart, and the cold wind on our face simply reminds us of a cold heart. The circumstances overwhelm us, and and it seems like things begin to turn dark and depressed. And I can't even see the smile of a co-worker, much less the one in the mirror in the morning. What do we do when those come? And they will come. Jesus promised that they would in John 16, when he said, in this world, you will have what? Trouble. You're going to have trouble in this world. No getting around it. How are we supposed to be thankful when trouble comes? Does God really even expect that? I didn't. It took me a while to figure out how to send that one. No, no, I I don't know who sent that one. I'm joking. I just happened to look down and see it right there in front of me. I thought, that looks like me. Does God really even expect us to be thankful whenever there are difficult times? Does God expect that? I mean, it seems a little sadistic. Like a parent who is standing over their child who's fallen off the merry-go-round, saying, you need to say thank you to me for bringing you to the park. It's hard to do what Paul tells us to do. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 16 through 18, listen to what Paul tells us to do. He says, be joyful always. Whoa! Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances. This is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. And I have to admit to you, I have to tell you the truth, that seems impossible to me but then I meet someone like Nick Vujicic and I doubt I said his last name right but many of you have met this man via YouTube or Facebook or through your forwardings of emails he's a Christian man who has overcome amazing odds in his life and he speaks all over literally the world telling people to be thankful for what we have and talking about the way Jesus has given him joy and the way that Jesus has given him purpose in his life. So I want to encourage you to watch this video of a person who's learned to give thanks in all circumstances. I wasn't ready! that I have my little chicken drumstick here. <laughs> People freak out when they see me for the first time. It's so cool, I was at a water slide um, all by myself. Everyone obviously at the bottom of the slide is looking up and waiting for other people to come down. Here I come and they're freaking out. They're like, you know, like this. And I was so tempted to look at myself and go, what happened? You know? And there were times where I sort of looked at my life and thinking, well, I can't do this and I can't do that. And you keep on concentrating on the things that you wish you had or the things that you wish you didn't have. 
and you sort of forget what you do have. And there's no point, I believe, in my life where I wish I had arms, legs, I wish I had arms, legs, I wish I had arms, legs, because wishing won't help. But what I've seen in life are just a couple key principles. And the first thing that I've seen is to be thankful. It's hard to be thankful, man. I tell you, when I was eight years old, I, I sort of summed up my life and thought, I'm never going to get married. I'm, you know, I'm not going to have a job. I'm not going to have a life of purpose. What kind of a husband am I going to be if I can't even hold my wife's hand? It's a lie to think that you're not good enough. It's a lie to think that you're not worth anything. I can't feel my hands. <laughs> I love life. You know, so many people come and say, how come you smile so much? And I'm like, well, it's, it's, it's a long story. <laughs> but it's very simple at the same time. You see, it's very hard to smile sometimes in life. There are things that happen that you don't know and you don't understand and you don't know if you're going to get through it. You know, you go through your storms in life and you don't know how long this storm is going to be. And today I want to share with you some principles that I've learned in my life that you can use in yours. Wow. There are dozens of videos on YouTube that Nick has made. His story is there. His teachings from the Bible are there. You can go and watch those. And in the past few years, Nick did get married. Got married to a beautiful Christian woman, and they now have a little baby. Who would have ever imagined that much good coming from such difficult circumstances? Who could ever imagine? Well, I'll tell you who. God. God is the one who imagines good coming from bad. You remember the book of Job? Remember what happened to Job? How he lost everything in just one afternoon. It just wave after wave of tragedy came into his life in one day. And even in his pain, he's able to find the strength to say these amazing words in Job chapter 1 verse 21. Listen to these amazing words. This is the word of God. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. We sing that song, and I wonder if today, if you might be able to say those words with me. I know for some of you today, it will be difficult for you to say these words because of the season that you're in. But the truth will begin to set us free. The truth of these words that the Lord gave and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Would you say those words with me on the count of three? One, two, three. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Wow, who can imagine? Well, God can imagine. Because he's the one who brings light out of our darkness. Some of you feel like you're in the darkest time of your life. Remember the story of Jonah? Remember that guy? He disobeys God, right? He rebels, as some of us have done, and he ends up being swallowed by a large fish. 
That's the punishment for not listening to God, right? That's what you get. If you don't listen to God, you get swallowed by a big fish. Wrong. If that's what you were taught, you were taught wrong. That was not punishment from God. The Bible says that dark, cold, lonely, horrible place where Jonah was was God's gift to Jonah. Not punishment, it was his gift. The Bible says God provided. That's his provision. That's him giving just what's needed. God provided a great fish to swallow Jonah. Why? Why did he do that? Because Jonah was drowning, and some of you are drowning. And you may find yourself in a dark, cold, lonely, horrible place. But Jonah is able to see that this is a gift from God. Listen to his prayer from inside the fish. In the dark, cold, lonely, horrible place, Jonah prays, I will praise and thank you while I give sacrifices to you. I will keep my promises to you. Salvation comes from the Lord. Now, I don't know if he was able to raise his hands up or not because he was in the fish, and I'm thinking maybe he is more like this. I don't know. Who knows what it was like? Not too good. Who can imagine good in such bad times? God can imagine it. Even in death, God brings good. God brings thanksgiving. God brings joy. Listen to the word of the Lord from Psalm 116. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. That's not, that's not sorrow and woe. That is rejoicing. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. Oh Lord, truly I'm your servant. I'm your servant, the son of your maidservant. You have freed me from my chains. I will sacrifice a thank offering to you and call on the name of the Lord. Even in death, we can give thanks. And this is not just some pie in the, eye, pie in the sky, nice idea, a few words at church, because we actually see it in Christians all around us. It is solid in Christians around us who are able to see God working even when we've lost a loved one. And I want you to hear from one today. I want you to hear from one of our brothers who's lost a loved one. And he is giving thanks today. Not only is he giving thanks in the good times when he can write neat little things up here on this board about how wonderful things are. He's giving thanks to God in all circumstances. And so would you guys please give a big gateway welcome to our brother, Freddie Velasquez. Freddie, come on up. Well, first of all, I um, just want to ask you to bear with me if I share a tear or two. But um, to begin with, I want to thank God for Gateway Church of Christ. And I thank you, Lord, for the awesome church family that that we have and um, I want to thank all of you for all your prayers thoughts and concerns for for the loss of my sister and back in uh, November the 25th 
out of all days, Thanksgiving Day, I would go out on a limb and say, all of y'all gathered around the table and y'all shared a meal, shared some love, maybe even shed a tear. But for us, for my family, we gathered around each other for the loss of my sister. And through all the grieving and mourning, mixed emotions, I asked myself, how can I truly thank God for taking my sister? And in my quiet time and through the understanding of God's word, I told God, thank you for taking my sister. Because it puts a smile in my heart knowing she made it home and has received a crown and God has embraced her and that puts a smile in my heart knowing she's not suffering anymore she got a new body and I know she's smiling down upon us and I know for here at Gateway we have lost many of our family members and I want to share with you because only through the love of God and the understanding of his word, we can fully accept the fact that our family members, our loved ones, are not here no more. And us as believers, we don't say goodbye. We say we'll see you later. And if there's any of y'all that are struggling with, I don't know, the fact of you can't accept the fact, and it's difficult, and and it's all uh, inevitable. None of us are leaving this earth alive. But uh, with a family like Gateway, that uh, we surround each other with uh, whatever tragedy life throws at us, we know that um, we will be embraced. And the time comes, and uh, we will rejoice with our loved ones in heaven. Thank you. Thanks, Freddie. See, God is able to sustain us during the most difficult days. He's able to give us hearts of thanksgiving. He's able to teach us to live lives. Do you remember the word we've been talking about? That's close. Woo, somebody got it. All right, that's great. The word is Eucharisteo. And so just to join me in my foolishness of saying this word, you're going to get to say it too on the count of three. It's called Eucharisteo. Are you ready? One, two, three. You're getting better at it. By the end of the month, we're going to be Greek-speaking fools here. Eucharisteo. He gave thanks. And the word inside of it contains grace inside of that Greek word. And inside the word grace contains the word joy because that's where it leads. When we see life as grace from God, we're able to give thanks and it leads to joyful lives. The amazing thing is that the times we find this word 
on the lips of Jesus, this Eucharisteo, is not so much on the mountaintops. It's not so much when he's having restful days with his family and friends. We find him using it in the most difficult circumstances of his life. On the toughest days of his entire life is when we find Eucharisteo. Mark chapter 14, if you want to turn in your Bible, you can. We'll finish with this scripture today. Mark chapter 14, beginning in verse 22. While they were eating, Jesus took the bread, Eucharisteo. He gave thanks, and he broke the bread. And he gave it to his disciples. He said, take, this is my body. And he took the cup, Eucharisteo, he gave thanks, and he offered it to them, and they all drank. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many, he said to them. I tell you the truth, I will not drink again of this fruit of the vine until the day when I drink it anew in the kingdom of God. And when they had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. Sung a hymn. I'm about to go die. Let's sing. We're going to talk about that next week, okay? We'll just stick with this today. Eucharisteo on the worst day of his life. How can he live this way? How can Jesus live giving thanks when he knows? How can he do that? And I guess that maybe is a question. Does he know? Does he know what's coming? The whip, the thorns, the fists, the cross, the nails. Does he know? Of course he knows. He just broke the bread and said, this is what's about to happen. He just held out the cup and said, this is going to be my blood. He knows And yet he can still give thanks on that day, knowing what's coming. How can he do it? And here's our takeaway for the day. Here's the answer. Because he knows that God is good. That's the reason. He knows that God is the one who can bring good from bad. He knows that God is the one who can bring light from darkness. He knows that God is the one who can bring life after death. He knows that God is good. And the truth is, so do you. Some of you, it may be hard to remember it today, but deep down in your gut and in your soul and in your heart, someplace there where the Holy Spirit has put that, you know it. That's part of why you're here today. You know He's good. So I want to encourage you, keep living a life of Eucharisteo. Keep living a life of thanksgiving. Keep on thanking him even though you may be hurting today. His grace, Paul says, is sufficient for you during this time. And close behind tearful prayers of thanksgiving is a little word called joy. And it's not very far away. So this morning, during this song, it may be that you need prayer as we talk about difficulties it may, need that, it may be that you need to go and write down a difficulty that you're thankful for. 
God changes us. He molds us through these difficulties. So you may want to get up and go write down something on one of these canvases during our invitation song. It may just be that you just need to sing and you need to let Jesus hear your heart. Whatever your need is, this is the invitation. Let's stand and let's sing. How do you explain